Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. Welcome to another edition of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to achieve growth during complete chaos. We're going to have a great conversation today. We're going to be talking about leadership, how another business owner has adopted business due to this coronavirus. We're going to talk about coaching high potentials and also about the intelligent mindset. All of these are extremely important topics to be talking about, um, you know, during this time period. Uh, We are in a shaky environment right now. A lot of things are up in the air, the virus, the elections, all of that stuff. And, you know, trying to coach high potentials or leadership, things like that come into play. So that way, as shaky as things are outside of your business, your business is stable and strong. So let's get right into it. Who's today's guest? Curtis Smith. Curtis Smith is a proven leader in the field of organizational strategy and leadership development, focusing on enhancing human potential. Over 12 years of domestic and international experience in leadership development and organizational strategy gives him a unique perspective on intelligent and effective leadership. Insightful and engaging, Curtis partners with professionals to powerfully develop the character and skills to become transformational leaders and effectively apply insightful thought preparation and effectively apply insightful thought preparation and execution in the development of themselves and their organization with the changes that they face. So without further delay, let's bring Curtis on in here. Business strategy. Hey, Curtis, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. So glad to have you here, man. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. I appreciate you inviting me out. So excited to be here. Oh, that's great. That's great. So we have a tradition here in the show. Everybody that comes on, doesn't matter how unknown or super famous you are, we ask everybody, what's your experience, what's your background, and what do you do for a living? All right. Well, I think the easiest way to start off is just by telling you what I do. So I'm an executive coach, uh, Intelligent Leadership Master Certified Executive Coach. I I work within leadership development and people strategy. Uh, My background, so I spent seven years in the military. You know, during my time there, what branch? Did a lot. Uh, Navy. Okay. Navy branch, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, uh, man. I heard something <laughs> about a space force. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I saw a text about it, but you know, I don't, I don't really know anything about the space force just right now. Um, I haven't really done that much digging into it. Uh, but, uh, but you know, uh, so during my time in the Navy, essentially, you know, I did a lot with. Leadership development. I did a lot with training uh, for you know, different things that I had to do. Uh, I just kind of kept getting thrown into, hey, we also want you to build a training model for this. We also want you to be the facilitator for the training model. Uh, and, and oh, by the way, you're going to take over the program. So, 
you know, it, it just kind of happened that way. But during that time, I didn't even know that it was its own like industry, right? I didn't know it was its own field. Uh, when I got out of the Navy, I became a corporate trainer, uh, which involved me driving around a lot, working with uh, different partners <laughs> and, you know, just kind of helping them with a lot of front office, back office stuff. Uh, you know, obviously the back office setting up things for you know the organization that they were establishing, getting things put together right, make sure that they had accounting and all these other measures that were together. Uh, and then there was the more involved with leadership development, managing, uh, you know, building manager skills, working on, uh, you know, sales training, interview, recruiting, all of the fun stuff. Right. Uh, and uh, I left that, ended up being an executive advisor to a CEO for a large multi-site healthcare organization based out of Northeast Ohio. Uh, mainly focused in, in executive functions. There was some leadership development that did happen there, uh, but I did more contract negotiations and things like that and running mm -hmm. uh, various uh, executive functions across the organization. Uh, and then in 2017, I uh, became certified as an executive coach uh, through my mentor, uh, you know, who trained me, certified me, John Matone, who's the former executive coach to Steve Jobs and Roger Enrico. Uh, and I started my business, the executive panel. And I've really just since then been trying to kind of hone in with, you know, the clientele that, that I work with and different things like that, and which is narrowed down to leadership development. And uh, how long ago yeah. did you start the executive panel? Uh, back in 2017 is when I actually started my okay. company. So you got a couple years there under your belt. And what was the driver that really was like, hey, I want to go out and do this for myself? <laughs> if you're asking me, uh, it yeah. was, you know, I, I really just wanted to kind of get out there and do something that, that was that was mine, that I, I could put my name on, that I could get behind, do something that I love. If you ask my wife, all of that was her. <laughs> 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 motivating me to want to do something you know uh, that i love on my own uh but you know that, that, that's great though you know because we just had an episode that came out uh episode 27 with vernon webb and he's a executive leadership coach similar but different from what you're you're doing and you know one of the things that we were talking about is when you want to take your career to the next level, it's very important to have the right people around you. And, you know, a lot of times people are married to the wrong spouse in those terms because it is a negative experience, unlike with you. I mean, it sounds like it was a motivating factor to help push you do, to do it. Do you think oh, there's she, truth in that? She, well, yeah, she's a business partner. Uh, so yeah, she she go. manages all the backside uh, of the business for me. Uh, I pretty much I, I really only service as the face, uh, you know, and the coach, you know, right. all of the, the back office things. You know, she she takes care of that for me. Uh, she helps me with doing content development and things like that. So, you know, my wife has been absolutely instrumental uh, in, in being able to, you know, see the business grow, see it be able to sustain itself things like that okay okay so with that i guess some people they love working with their spouse some people they don't like working with their spouse 
I take it you two get along pretty good then. It's a good recipe for success. Yeah, we stay separated uh, during working out. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I do my part. She does her part. You know, we have our, our weekly meetings, our weekly strategy sessions, uh, you know, and we, we discuss what needs to be discussed. But, you know, we, we each have our, our areas of expertise. And so we kind of try to, to allow ourselves to stay within those those frameworks and dialogue when necessary (laughs) (laughs) that's good that's good that you have the boundaries and i think that's important not if you're not just if you're working with your spouse but almost with any partner friend you know people like that that if you're going into business with them it allows you to maintain the professional relationship while working while also having the personal relationship outside of work and really not damaging the link between those two, I think. Absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I couldn't yeah. agree more. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you know this, but right now we're in the middle of this global pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you've heard about it, uh, but it's been lingering on. I think it's all tweet on that too. Yeah. So with, uh, with what's going on, how has that affected your executive panel business? Uh, positively, actually. Um, I know that for a lot of businesses, unfortunately, they have experienced uh, you know, quite a bit of downturn, things like that. Uh, but for my business, being in leadership development, being in mm-hmm. career support, things like that, uh, I've actually been getting a lot of people reaching out um, because part of executive coaching is also advising people on what to do when crises arrive. Uh, And so obviously this has been quite a crisis for a lot of organizations, a lot of businesses, uh, and a lot of professionals. And so as somebody who works... Not very often that the government steps in to close down the entire economy. So yeah, I mean, it, it is very rare. I mean, I don't even remember... You know, I don't I don't even think they did some, you know, things this extreme during like World War Two or anything yeah. it, it, it the last hundred years in the country. So it, it is extremely rare. It's unprecedented. It's not like, OK, this happened 20 years ago. This is the playbook of how to survive. You know, it, it's, well, it's a tough time. I, I mean, the reality is, too, though, is that, you know. We are also in a position where Mm -hmm. it didn't have to be as bad as it was. You know, a lot of these virtual components have existed for quite a while now. Uh, And as a company that works predominantly off of, you know, the virtual model, uh, because, uh, you know, most of my things are done either over Zoom or they're done, you know, via teleconference. And and so with there being so much already in in existence, I, I think that that did help for a lot of organizations mm-hmm. to be able to quickly gain access to what they needed uh, in order to keep things running. I, I just think that the it was a slow side, pivot. It, it was a slow pivot. I, for, you for some you just brought up an excellent point that I, you know, I think a couple people had brought up, but I really just want to take a step back and dig into that real quick. We video conference and technology isn't new. I mean, internal there have been niche programs, different office communication chats and programs that have existed for a long time. Now, has it gone a huge, you know, a huge makeover 
over the past six months since everybody's depended upon it to survive right now? Yeah. I think they've got a lot more advancement. If you look at Teams, more development was done in Microsoft Teams in the past six months than over the previous two years. So, um, you know, it's crazy that it took a global crisis like this and government shutting down economies uh, in order for people to really take advantage of technology that already exists? Well, I, I mean, you have to think about the human interaction. You know, it, right. it's, you, know you, you have a lot of organizations, a lot of businesses uh, where they have a, an old framework, which is face-to-face yeah. is the only way. Uh, or, you know, we don't want... I call that old school. We... <laughs> semantics i said it not you semantics I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> but but i mean the reality is you know looking at it uh from a strategic standpoint you know most people they looked at it from their their balance books you know we don't want to invest in it we don't want to take the time away from our operations and from different things uh we don't want to take the money mm-hmm. away from our budgets in, in order to do that uh, and, you know, obviously this did show where advancing your organization along with the technology that is coming out is more beneficial than waiting to do it in the middle of a crisis. Right, right. So you've already were doing things primarily digitally or teleconferencing prior to the pandemic. So you didn't have to do the digital shift like Vernon. I, I was just mentioning him a few minutes ago. He was telling me he's a very old school person and you know, he does his meetings in person. He'd be driving all over LA Metro <laughs> meeting with people appointment after appointment. And I don't know how he did that with the traffic, but this has forced <laughs> him to do everything digitally and it turned out better. Now he's doing huge group sessions for people globally. Whereas before it was one client at a time. Uh, you know, so you haven't had to go through that type of digital transformation, but have you had to change any of your business practices at all? Or do you think that you were already in a good spot for if something like this hit? You know, I, I was already in a good spot. I, I think the only thing that this has really done is opened up uh, some additional services that I can provide. Uh, okay. I mean, in terms of looking at the way people are wanting to do more virtual workshops training, things like that. Um, It's definitely opened up a a door of opportunity for me to be able to gain access to clients uh, that are looking to to do more training-based elements or coaching elements and and do them virtually rather than, you know, having to have somebody come in on site uh, and, you know, go through that whole rigmarole uh, in, in the process that it requires because, well, you know, virtually speaking, you save a lot of time and money when you just choose to do it virtually uh, versus having. So I've got to ask about that. Go ahead. Right. No, you do. You do. And that's a that's a fact. I mean, you save on travel, travel time, travel expenses. I mean, you save on that alone. Plus, it allows people to get in this, you know, in your case, it would be training, but you can join that from virtually anywhere. And well, that not, is... not to mention hard copy. You got to think as well, hard copy. Uh, I mean, yeah. for somebody to come in and provide hard copy materials, you know, it, I mean, that's, that's time and resources that I have to sit there and that as the person doing the workshop, facilitating the training, I have to 
make sure that I'm covering the cost to do all of that. Where if you do it virtually and you can get everything digitally, that doesn't cost me anything to send you a digital copy. Right. Yeah. No, that, that's true. But m- I guess my question would be, how risky is that for a company? I know I sit through Teams calls all day, every day. With the exception of Shark Bite Biz that I put all my life, heart, and soul into, it's hard for me to concentrate on these calls. If anybody looks at my actual camera when I'm not speaking, they'll see me. I have three monitors here. Camera is on the middle monitor. I'll put the video camera on the middle monitor, and then I'll be turned to the side just working on something else, uh, casually listening. I mean, isn't that a risk? for companies and if it is how do they get around that the same way that you get around it in in person i mean look at when people are in person they're looking down at the floor looking up at the ceiling looking way past you and you know they're looking past you not even paying attention right you have people sitting there talking to each other having sides you know fireside chats that you know shouldn't be happening in the middle of the thing it's all the same stuff it comes down to engagement how engaged are you willing to be and how engaged are you willing to make the experience you know, and to okay. be quite frank, you know, there is one old school, as you would put it. There's one old school tactic that I love <laughs> to use, uh, and that's I'll call people out because I pay attention to, to what you know, is going on on the screen. And if I see somebody that's not paying attention, I'll ask them a direct question, knowing they don't know the answer, just so that they are a little bit you know, gun shy to, to want to do that again because they know that they run the risk of being called out. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. I That brings me back memories of high school. I had this teacher who called me Zero. His name is Mr. O'Rourke. You don't know how many times I got the eraser thrown at my head. And he landed a few of them, man, because I was out there in space. But, uh, you know, it, it, it does come down to engagement. And I think especially when people are working from home, I mean, it's a tough thing. I mean, with me personally, I have, you know, besides my management work that I have to do, I run the Northeast. So I have a lot of clients and employees that fall under my responsibility. It's a 24-7 job, but that's why I get the big bucks, right? But now you have my wife at home that often forgets that I work from home right now. I have my, uh, you know, 17-year-old and my 7-year-old that are both studying at home. One of them, my 17-year-old, has seizures, and that's the occasional disruption because you have to go up there and help him. And that I have a three-year-old that doesn't understand that he's working and just barges in the office. I mean, there's a lot of distractions for the work-from-home employee. You're going to have have more distractions in in terms of the way things are right now because you also have to keep in mind that during the course of the pandemic, it's not just businesses that are impacted. It's schools, you know, it's, it's universities. People. It's exactly it's people, uh, you know, no matter what they do, no matter where they're at. So many people have been impacted to such a point where now families are all just kind of stuck together inside the house. And you have a lot of different things that need to happen that don't normally happen together like that. You know, kids trying to right. learn, trying to study, adults trying to to make money so that, you know, they can afford that schooling. <laughs> right, right, right. So they can I, keep the lights on. You, you know, know but it, I mean, at the end tough. of the day, that's not going to last. That's not going to be the case, you know, for the rest of the time. So that, that is a temporary issue. And the solution is very simple. 
when things get to a point where they're more stable, the kids can go back to school, things can get back to a more normal pace, then you don't have those same typical distractions. And, you know, when it comes to like adults, well, then that's just, you know, hey, we need to become more organized in our home and we need to have set schedules and, and figure out a system that works for us uh, so that, you know, hey, don't come walking in asking about why something is somewhere and I'm in the middle of a conference call, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Been there many of times, but you know, let's shift gears a little bit here. Let's talk about how your company really gets out there and helps develop people. So intelligent mindset. Okay. What is the intelligent mindset leadership coaching program. Can you explain that to us? Yes. So the intelligent mindset leadership coaching program is a program that I just recently released. Um, now, this program, essentially what it what it is, is it's tailored to professionals at all levels, whether you're talking about, you know, mid-level managers, high potentials, established leaders. Uh, but what it does is it takes two what, what what professionals in the industry would call two psychometric, uh, uh, you know, assessments. Can, can you define? <laughs> can Can you just define real quick what in your what do you define as high potential? Do you view that as maybe like a young executive, someone that has high potential to actually grow, develop into being a rock star? What's your definition of that? So high potential, as far as a definition is concerned. Uh, in my opinion, is just somebody that has not just the capability, but they have the capacity to exceed within a particular set of responsibilities or within a specific position uh, or within, you know, some type of you know, role that has certain tasks that, that are required. Uh, and that person has the ability, the capacity to do something and, and to define capacity a little bit more. Uh, I'll put it like this. Mm -hmm. I am capable of getting onto a basketball court and playing a game of basketball with LeBron James. I don't have the capacity to beat him in a game of basketball unless he just feels bad for me and wants to get, give me a shot or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's great. So with that then, okay, you, you went over all the types then of the, the, the type of people that the intelligent mindset program would be for what, what is the program then exactly? I mean, what what does it do? How does it? I, I guess that's what I'm missing. How does it help them get developed? So essentially, it starts off with two assessments. The first one's the Matone okay. Leadership Enneagram Inventory, and this is a measurement of interior leadership traits. Now, we're not talking about something that you know is an assessment that talks about interior, but from an exterior perspective, these are actual interior mm -hmm. leadership traits. That everybody has and it measures two things it measures activity levels and then it measures maturity ratios and when i say maturity i don't mean you know whether or not you're acting like a child or acting like an adult it just means that your maturity levels are an indicator of whether or not you have a higher probability of getting the results you're looking for when activating a trait or if you have a lower probability of getting the results you're looking for when activating a certain trait uh, the other assessment, the CPI 260, which actually relates to the high potential question you talked about, uh, is right. it, it's it's a measurement. It, it runs off of a scale and uh, it allows you to kind of have a better understanding of, 
you know, decisions that are being made and where somebody is a little bit stronger within certain things that deal with, you know, daily tasks and daily, you know, events that occur in your professional life and in your regular life. Um, and so that is something that I actually use with organizations who want to try to isolate who are the high potentials in their organization based on the needs of the organization. Um, right. And then once they take that and you have a debriefing session, uh, essentially we're just kind of going over the results, helping them to better understand what those results stand for, what they mean. Uh, and then it moves to four one-on-one coaching sessions, which are done virtually. Uh, and those four one-on-one coaching sessions is where we really try to then take what we learn from the debriefing session and apply that to what they need to do in order to get where they want to go. What, you know, they're going to have objectives, which are a final destination. And and then that final objection, you know, that final objective, it will need goals, goals that are basically steps that will help them to get to that final object, you know, objective. And that's what we do. We build that individual leadership development plan based on those. Can you give me an example? Okay. So say uh, I want to develop into taking my boss's job. I run the Northeast. Eventually I want to take over America. Uh, I hope he doesn't listen to this episode. Uh, But uh, (laughs) sorry, Alex. (laughs) It's a joke. I just want, I I need an example that's close to home. Sorry. Disclaimer in there, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so with that, that I mean, like, what kind of steps? I mean, are you talking just like the the traditional planning? Like, for example, if I had a goal, something I wanted to do, okay, right, like right now, I have several goals that I want to do in this region. I'll set the goal, uh, no matter what it is, and then I just kind of work backwards. What steps I need to make sure I get there? One saying that I have personally and that I believe in is that. You need to have uh, one eye on the future, but then you also need to have one eye on the present because the steps you take today are going to determine if you get to where you want to be in the future. Well, I mean, absolutely. I mean, anytime that you have, you know, a goal establishment in order to reach a final objective, you know, the framework from a broad generalized, you know, form is always the same. Pretty much what you described, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, but the reality is, is that when I'm working with clients through this program, what we do is we want to take a look at four primary quadrants, known strengths, unknown strengths, known gaps, unknown gaps. Now, what that's going to help us to do is to better understand what really needs to be worked on. What right, are areas right. where, you know, it's, you know, you're already doing really well. Uh, and then we talk about mindset. We talk about you know, how do we function mindset into an ad, you know, an advantage to your individual leadership development plan versus looking at mindset as just, you know, something that we all have and you either have this type or you have that type, but, you know, rather being more strategic about it uh, and understanding that you have control over mindset, you have control over how you choose to view your future and what you're going to accomplish. Um, but then when you get into the actual building of the plan, you have to have actual steps. You have, like you said, you have to have actual goals mm-hmm. that will help you to get to that final objective. Uh, and sometimes that can shift. But, you know, the one thing that you had talked about that, you know, is missing and it tends to be missing from a lot of different, you know, a lot of different plans is the idea of course correction. 
because course right. correction is a requirement. You will run into issues, but most of the time people wait until they have the crises pandemic to then try to yeah. make a shift, <laughs> which creates a lot of right. problems, right? But right. if you have the ability to train yourself to actually understand what to look for when course correction may be required, then you'll already have something in play that you can then execute on when you find out, yes, indeed, I do need to make this course correction. Okay. Okay. Great. So uh, on another topic then too, what about succession planning? I mean, can you explain that? Why is it important to build a succession plan within an organization and stuff like that? Okay. So pretty simply put, you know, succession planning is kind of like this, you know, um, you as a father, Yep. You want for your kids to be able to succeed in life, right? Yep. So if you want your kids to succeed in life, then that means that steps that you take, things that you do, choices you make now are going to be with the intent of setting the right example, putting them into a position to get the right education, to, to be able to find what they're going to enjoy, to find what they're good at, uh, to be able to nurture those skills, to be able to grow in those skills. Uh, and, you know, ultimately allow yourself also the ability to, to kind of, you know, have that financial support, to have that financial ability, if you will, to support mm -hmm. them in their continued growth to a point where, you know, you then create wealth that, you know, is obviously going into the family and then proceeding forward. It's the same thing for an organization. If you want the organization right. to continue to grow, if you want the organization to stay relevant, if you want the organization to continue to have. A, a good pool of leadership, then you have to have the proper succession planning in place. Okay. Okay. So we do got to start wrapping up. I do have two final questions that I need to ask you. Let's go back to coaching high potentials. Uh, with coaching high potentials, how different is that from, you know, coaching someone that's already kind of experienced or developed to a degree? Well, coaching a high potential is a lot about, there's a lot more searching that has to go on, you know, because they don't know their necessary leadership style. They don't necessarily understand where they fit in, in terms of where they're going to be as a leader, uh, you know, what steps they want to take, which direction they specifically want to go into. Established leaders, they pretty much know where they are. They know where they want to go. They know what they want to accomplish. So it's a little bit more cut and dry as to right. what those final objectives become versus dealing with a high potential who, you know, could go in a number of different areas. Uh, but, you know, then you also have to worry, you know, if you're working with an individual, that's one thing. But if you're working with an organization and their high potentials, you then also have to incorporate the, you know, whatever the objectives are that the organization is establishing for that. High. Okay. Okay. And I guess to, to finish it up, uh, very last question that I'm going to ask you is again, as we've talked about pretty extensively throughout this interview, we are still hopefully at the tail end of a global pandemic. <laughs> Although who knows the future things change daily. It seems like, now, with and I've been saying we're at the tail end of it, I think, since July. So uh, to give you an example. Now, with that, I mean, what 
words of advice you have out there for small business owners, managers, directors, yeah, uh, executives that are struggling during this? I mean, wh what do you think they can do uh, right now that may have an immediate impact on their business? Number one, stay calm. You know, yeah. don't don't succumb to, you know, what a lot of people want to do, which is panic. You know, uh, yeah. People are business. I'm going to make that meme right yeah. after this. Stay ah. calm and don't succumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, they're leaders. You know, they're they're used to to you know having to deal with you know building strategy and things like that. And you know, yeah, even yeah. though that you know things are a little bit more difficult, you know, don't be afraid to network. Don't be afraid to reach out to other professionals that you that you know uh, that are in a similar industry, that are in a cross industry, uh, and find out what they're doing. If you want to incorporate technology, talk to people that are smart in technology. Get answers. Find out how much it's going to cost. Find out what you would need. Um, but you know, ultimately, you know, if they really want to kind of push themselves forward, you know, they just have to be willing to do some of that networking and get out there and have a conversation. Definitely, definitely, and I 100% agree with that. I mean, networking is tough. Right now, I think everybody is bombarded with LinkedIn messages, which is where we also <laughs> met. But with that, I mean, for me personally, I mean, what I did was like, hey, I'm starting a podcast and I've met so many amazing people just from guests that I have on here to actual, you know, listeners, fans of the show that are just amazing people. I mean, I, I, I swear, I think because of this podcast, I have essentially probably doubled my network since I've started this. It's It's been an amazing experience to me. So I definitely think that there's a lot of value in what you just said. Curtis, this has been a fun, fun conversation, man. How can people reach out to you? Uh, easiest way, to be honest, is go to the website, um, www.executive-panel.com. Don't spell out the dash. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> put that yeah. little disclaimer yeah. in there. But you know, it's uh, a literal dash. If, if you just go to the website, click on "Let's Talk" um, or "Let's Chat," uh, then you, know, you can put in your information, set up a time for us to talk. Uh, or if you want coaching or anything like that, you can just go to book an appointment. Oh, that that's amazing! Really simple to do. Make sure. I mean, as you all heard or watched, if you're on YouTube. Uh, this man is full of knowledge. He's got an excellent thing going on and helping a lot of people grow. Thank you so much, Curtis, for coming on Shark Bite Biz. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure being here. It was a great conversation. Uh, no, great, man. Looking forward to have you back again. Take Thanks, care. Thanks, David. You too. Yeah. Cheers. Wow, that was some great insight from Curtis, wasn't it? Interesting how the global pandemic has had a positive impact on his business because people need help figuring out how to move their business forward. This is exactly why I started this podcast. Shark Bite Biz started because I wanted to bring experts like Curtis on this show so that they can chat about how and what they're actually doing, what they've had to change or how they've had to adopt things so that other people, other business owners, directors, managers, young executives out there can get ideas that can perhaps help them break through the pandemic bottleneck and actually achieve growth. High potentials was an interesting topic for me. How do you develop people, especially during a pandemic? 
I think of it like a sports team. He used LeBron James, but I'm going to use a different analogy. You get a young quarterback, Carson Wentz, who has amazing, amazing talent. But when it comes down to it, the head coach, enter Doug Peterson, (laughs) doesn't have a good plan in order to help his quarterback mature into his role and be that superstar top performer. Yeah, I know. I know. I just took a shot at our Super Bowl winning head coach, but the analogy works. Growing your talent is huge. It is critical for success. If you can grow somebody within your organization, chances are they're going to stay with you because they're going to be happier. They're going to have that career growth in the role that they're looking for, and it saves you money. I mean, think about it. You don't have to go out and hire that type of superstar if you're able to grow that superstar yourself. That could be huge savings in in salaries, you know, $50,000, $60,000 if you're able to get someone up to the level. But you have to have a plan. You have to have a system. You have to have a way to get it done. And that's where Curtis's business definitely helps out with that. So again, that was an awesome interview with Curtis. And I've got to ask you, what are you doing to enable your high potentials to grow? Drop a comment down in the comment section below and let's discuss this intriguing topic. So do you want to be a guest on the show? Got a good business story to tell people how your business has pivoted during quarantine? Shoot me an email, david at sharkbitebiz.com. I really want to get some more manufacturers, some more distributors on this show to talk about the experiences that they've had. Lastly, I know I might sound like a broken record with this, but please, if you like the content we're putting out, subscribe to the channel, help us grow, share the podcast, share the video, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, help us get the word out You helping me get the word out is what's going to allow this community to grow and really inspire a lot of people. And I'm very open as far as the guests we have on here, the topics we talk about. Reach out to me. Let's let's grow this community together. I think we got a good thing started here. And I'd like to have you all more active and a part of it, guiding me with the topics and the people that you want to learn about. So once again, remember, I'm David Strausser. This is Shark Bite Fizz, and I'll see you again next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Fizz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.